on, look at this cartoon. We've got a dog and a cat in an office. The cat is saying, I've enjoyed reading your email. Oh, yeah. That's a rather clever jab at inter-office politics, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, but why is it that the animals enjoy reading the email? Well, cartoons are like gossamer, and one doesn't dissect gossamer. <laughs> well, you don't have to dissect if you can just tell me. Why this is supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's merely a commentary on contemporary mores. But what is the comment? It's a slice of life. No, it isn't. Pun? I, I don't think so. Vorstein? That's not a word. You have no idea what this means, do you? No. Then why did you print it? I like the kitty. You know what? You people should be ashamed of yourselves. You know, you doodle a couple of bears at a cocktail party talking about the stock market, you think you're doing comedy. Actually, that's not bad. Oh, uh, really? Well, you know, I have others. June 15th, 2014. Welcome to the Twip. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Twip. What is that? Welcome to the Twip. Why is, are you Welcome talking in a pseudo-Indian accent? I was not trying to do that. I was just... It was a weird I voice. I thought like there and... should be some weird Indian music. Some no! Hollywood dancers. No, okay. Like... See, now it's sounding kind of bad. And I didn't mean to anything <laughs> bad. I was right. just goofing. And you turned it into something bad. No, I didn't. You've ruined this whole episode. The point really is that you're bad at accents. We're starting over. No! This is brilliant. Welcome to the twip. Welcome to the twip. What is that? Welcome to the twip. See, you can't place A it, vampire? so now... You... <laughs> yes, fine. We'll slander vampires. vampires. We'll slander the vampires and not any real people. Okay. Welcome to the twip. It's a choreographed vampire Welcome dance. Welcome to the twip. They all bite the people in unison and drop them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, this is great. A musical waiting to happen. Dracula. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm going to bite you, you know. <laughs> he became less vampiric as I went on. He just... Okay, whatever. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Hollywood, write us checks. <laughs> Right now. Right now. We will sell you the rights. Yep. <laughs> Hi, folks. Hi. <laughs> if you're a first-time listener, you're probably very We're confused. Sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. What are you doing listening to this show? Get out. <laughs> Expect more nonsense where that came from. Oh, boy. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's talk about some stuff. You know what? That's a great idea. You know what? You know what the first thing we're going to do is? What? Our good friends, Barbara and Brian Dillon and yes. Sam Rhodes, yes. are soon premiering the Katniss, the Katniss Chronicles the what? Part 3. <laughs> it is a I very have heard fine... every episode of Parts 1 and 2. They are very good. Go listen it now. It is a They're very free. fine audio drama. You need to check it out. And they have asked if we would do them the courtesy of playing the preview trailer for their new... Uh, part three. Uh, for part three, yes, when it starts up. So we're going to do that, and you're going to listen, and you're going to be like, that's really cool. I'll check it out. Okay. Last year, the Katniss Chronicles brought you the sound of rebellion. My name is Katniss Everdeen. My home is gone, but my family is safe. 
The Rebellion wants me to become the Mockingjay, to embrace it in full. But I don't believe it will benefit them. On June 24th, hear the sound of war with the release of the Katniss Chronicles Part 3, the final chapter in the unofficial audio drama saga based on Suzanne Collins' Hunger Games trilogy. They don't understand that every move I make results in suffering and loss of life. I'm 17 years old, and the president of Panem has just personally declared war on me. Follow the girl on fire once again with the release of these brand new exciting episodes available for free on iTunes. Katniss Everdeen returns now fully entrenched in the all-out war between the tyrannical capital and the militant rebel forces of District 13. Welcome, Soldier Everdeen, Soldier Hawthorne. District 13 is a new world for Katniss and her friends, one where advanced technology goes hand in hand with extensive levels of security. Welcome to security check B. Soldiers, please step forward and place your arms beneath the scanners. A rigid military lifestyle. Let's move out, soldiers. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And following the orders of President Coyne, District 13's cold and calculating leader, who may be a friend or foe to the Mockingjay. When the war is over, if we've won, PETA will be pardoned. The same goes for the other captured tributes, Joanna and Inovaria. No. They'll be tried with other war criminals and treated as the tribunal sees fit. I have a kind of power I never knew I possessed. Snow knew it as soon as I held out those berries. Plutarch knew it when he rescued me from the arena. And Coin knows now. So much so that she must publicly remind her people that I am not in control. You have not been dismissed, Soldier Everdeen. You haven't. Someone stop her! Despite the odds, Katniss will commit herself to the violent and dangerous revolution raging around her. Even if we're careful, we can't guarantee her safety. She'll be a target for I want to go. I'm no help to the rebels here. And if you're killed, make sure you get some footage. You can use that anyway. While attempting to save Peta from the clutches of the capital. He's not dead yet, Katniss. We're still in the game then. Still in. The war will be brutal. Take cover! Fireman ready! And the stakes couldn't be higher. And if we lose? Then I would expect that next year's Hunger Games would be quite unforgettable. It's all building to a finale that you won't want to miss. Come on in, Mockingjay. And by all means, bring your friends. For one final time, join Gail Hawthorne. If I had a weapon that could have stopped what I saw happen in 12, if I had a weapon that could have kept you out of the arena, I'd have used it. Peter Malark. No. Cost more than your life. To murder innocent people cost everything you are. Everything you are. Finnick Dare. Why? Do you find this distracting? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Hamish Abernathy. <laughs> and that, my friends, is how a revolution dies. And of course, the Mockingjay herself, Katniss Everdeen. Are you, are you coming to the tree? I want to tell the rebels that I am alive. Where this strung up a man is saber. You can torture us and bomb us and burn our districts to the ground, but do you see that? Strange things did happen here, no stranger would it be. Fire is catching, and if we burn, 
We met up at midnight. You burn with us! In the hanging tree. The Katniss Chronicles, Part 3. Episode 1 premieres on June 24th, 2014. Subscribe to The Katniss Chronicles on iTunes or visit thekatnesschronicles.com today. Well, don't expect us to be too impressed. We just saw Finnick O'Dare in his underpants. See, I told you, that's really cool. Go listen. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can listen to parts one and two, and then three will be out soon, and you can listen to it On the thecatnesschronicles.com, and they're also on iTunes and stuff. Yeah, you know how podcasts work. You listen to us and podcast audio dramas. You know how we do. You know. That's how they do. They do, too. That's what you do. Yeah, we all do. But speaking of them, actually, this leads into a, a nice thing I was going to talk about. Our podcasting panel at the Long Beach Comic Expo. Yes. Uh, last time we recorded before the panel, although it went up the day after the panel. So I thought we could talk a little bit about our panel. Sure. I thought it was very good. I thought it was good, too. And we had a great mix of people. Yeah, we had a good turnout and there was a lot of questions. And there were a yes. lot, there were a lot of questions from people who wanted to start podcasts, but also from people who already had them. Yes. And we even got a couple of people saying on Twitter that uh, they already have podcasts, but they learned a lot from us and they're going to implement a bunch of our suggestions and they were really happy with all of our information. So that was really cool. It was cool. I pseudo moderated it, sort of. You did. No, you totally did. I did? Yeah. Really? Well. It was like. You weren't asking people like direct questions about things, but you started things off and you would sort of steer the topic changes. I was more of a wrangler. Yeah. You were the panel wrangler. Yes. So anyway, it was a great panel. Uh, and if you were there, thank you very much for coming out. And we had a good time talking to you. Mm-hmm. It was lots of fun. Yes. I would like to say that last week, there was some spontaneous love for the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater coming in via Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch of people talking about it, and uh, I think it all started with our interviewer, Jordan. He was doing a re-listen of Dixie, and he was posting comments about it, and that got people talking about it, and it was very, very nice and sweet and and made me miss the show even more, and and of course, you know, Dixie is very near and dear to our hearts, so it means a lot to us, and it's really cool that you people still really enjoy it, and we're talking about it, and it was really nice to see all of that. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. All 50 episodes still available That's for your right. listening pleasures. At PendantAudio.com slash Dixie.php. Whoa, I haven't said that in a while. I know. Long time. Long time. All right. Two, one, two other things to mention. One, two other things or two other things? Two. One, two. I'm counting them. But that's like 12. It was confusing. No. I don't know what you're doing. If it was 12, I'd say 12. This is kind of my editing process with screenplays and things when we write. I'm like, I don't get it. Fix it. And I say, shush. <laughs> Let me finish. All of our sample clips for the Parsec Awards have been turned in. So that's exciting. Whoa, great. They have. Well, except for the one you were supposed to do for this um, here very show. Yeah. It's the only one missing. Yeah. I've been really busy at work, okay? <laughs> but all the others are in. Um, uh, yeah. I'm in any case, do it. I believe they announced the finalists uh, July sometime, and then the winners like in August. I'm not sure exactly. But of course, if we... Why are you making stuff up when you don't have facts? Fix that. 
I'm speculating. That's good, yeah. It's fine to do. Mm, no. It's fine to do no. on this show. No. So, in any case, we get any news about that, we'll, of course, let you know. But Sure. That has progressed on. Yeah. And here's a new thing here's that new you thing? may notice coming up in the Pendant Shakespeare. Last week, Twelfth Night Act 2 was released, and it was like 37 minutes long. Mm. Really long. And that's a, like almost a double episode uh-huh. for most of our shows. And so that's a lot of work for the director. And so I was talking with the director, Landon Bell, and uh, the dramaturge, Colin Kelly, about the show. And in the future, when uh, it won't happen for Twelfth Night because that's all done already. But in the future, uh, starting with Julius Caesar, which comes after and uh, the plays after that, if there's uh, an act of the play that comes in like that long, we're probably going to split it. Into two parts. Into two yeah, parts because sense. you can tell as you're mixing it, if you know, oh, geez, I'm only halfway through the lines for this scene and my runtime is already 20 minutes, you know you're going to be able to cut it somewhere. Yeah. So they'll find a good spot to sort of split the act in two so that uh, poor Mr. Bell does not kill himself trying to direct twice as much as he should have to in one month. And that's a lot of work. So we don't want to burn him out or anything like that. So I, I was concerned when I saw that, you know, because you, if you've... Listen to Shakespeare. You've noticed a few of the other episodes, too. They have a really long runtime. They keep coming in like this. And I know they, they said, I think it's Act 3 of Julius Caesar has, like, 30 pages just in one act. And for some reason, interestingly, Shakespeare, they said it seems to run longer than the pages. It doesn't have the same sort of page conversion as mm-hmm. ours does. Uh, so even if they've got, like, a 15-page act, it seems to come in at, like, 20, 25 well, you minutes. you know why? Because I know why. Why? I could tell you why. Because the Longer lines are so dialogue? Long. No, because well, long... Think about it, though. What? We do screenplay format, right? Well, yes, for our other shows. Okay. But do they do that for Julius Caesar? Yes. they can. Well, for all the, the our Shakespeare plays, they convert it to that format, yes. Okay. So, and we know it's got that skinny column down the middle right. for dialogue. And Shakespeare's lines are very long, a lot of the dialogue. Because the Shakespeare lines are so long, they're filling in all that space. Right. That's usually more white space. And so that's right, probably why, because yeah. Because you would end a dialogue line like with one word or two words, and then you'd have extra space. Right. And so that's why. You're smart. I'm just saying. In any case, I wanted to let you know. Sorry, starting... that was super boring nerd talk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no boring writer nerd talk. Yeah, yes, totally. but I wanted to let you know that for uh, Shakespeare, starting with Julius Caesar, you might see some of the really big acts split into two parts. You'll still get the whole play, but we're just going to split it a little bit to give Landon a little more breathing room because yes, we're nice people. We're trying to be nice. We try to treat our directors well. Well, I mean, we do keep them in the minds. We haven't mentioned that in forever. Whoa, that's such an old pendant meme. Right. The director minds. We throw some cookies down there now and there's then. There's a cheeseburger river. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> They're chained to their desks, but there's a river of cheeseburgers just rolling on by. I don't remember the cheeseburger river. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Get out. Don't tell me you forgot about the jello slide. I forgot about the jello slide. Oh. The Naked Lady Closet? Okay, I remember the Naked Lady uh, Closet. The Naked. Naked? Naked. Naked? Naked Lady. Ah. Oh, okay. A lot of this is work. Move on. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we have Barbara Dillon on the line. Good evening, Barbara. Hello, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. How about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Excellent. It's been 
the typical um, insanity and mayhem. So, you know, <laughs> you know. Isn't it wonderful? Yes, or as we like to call it, Thursday. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've had people uh, submitting questions, and I've got questions, and hopefully you have answers, or as I like to say, this is, becomes very short and one-sided. Indeed, I will, I will do my best. Excellent. So, um, starting right out of the gate, what brought you over to Pendant? Sure. I, uh, I met the good folks at Pendant, oh goodness, it must have been about three years ago, uh, at the very first Kamikaze Expo in Los Angeles. And uh, we had just started doing our own audio drama called The Katniss Chronicles, and we were just really looking out for other people who had been doing the same and came across Jeffrey and Susan and attended their panel on podcasting and audio dramas, and we quickly learned of how vast their universe was of audio dramas and their knowledge and experience, so uh, we became fast friends and colleagues, and uh, that's, that's kind of how I, I heard about the company. And then, yeah, and then Jeffrey and Susan were very kind to keep me informed of auditions, um, and that's that's how I I started uh, voice acting with them. Oh, great. Yeah. And you have done that um, first off in seminar. Yes. I believe it was seminar episode 52, uh, and my husband and I, my husband Bryant and I did uh, a short clip within the episode it was a really funny story written by Jeffrey and Susan. Uh, it was kind of a dark humor, um, but uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I always enjoy working with my husband as well, so it was great that we both got to do something together. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And then um, it being your first time out, you then go and win a pendy. I did. <laughs> I for really... best actor in a seminar short. It was really, I was humbled and shocked and all good things all at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was just a really wonderful experience. And I was very honored to to have been uh, nominated, first of all, and, and to win as well. So this was the right move. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think it was a positive, uh, a move in the positive right direction. Definitely, definitely. And then you, you win a Pendy on your first... Role in Pendant. Yes. I'm um, blushing. I can't hear it, but I'm blushing right now. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, one of the questions submitted it um, says that they're jealous. Um, <laughs> and these all came to me anonymously. Um, okay. So what is that like? Winning a Pendy? Yeah. And, and your first role out, too. Um, I think shock is the best word to describe it. I had been aware of the Pendies um, since being aware of Pendant Audio mm-hmm. um, and was just amazed with all of the talented actors uh, with which everyone at Pendant gets to work. And um, so just being in, being asked to voice act with these actors and with these creators was wonderful. But then to win an award, especially on the first go, was just, I don't know, it took my breath away. I was very, I was very humbled by it. And um, it, it made me want to do more work with them to say, like, I, I can, I can do so much. I can, I can work really hard and um, try to stretch my abilities and my range. And it just made me, it made me want to work with these people even more because they had such faith in my abilities and, and such professionalism and willing to work with me. Um, that it just, it was very invigorating and motivating. 
Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So that was for the short called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Work. Yes. And can you give a short recap as to um, what your character was about and what you drew on? Yes. Uh, it was, I think I mentioned it was kind of a dark comedy, but it was about this, oh goodness, it was about uh, my character and the character that my husband was portraying uh, sort of in this sci-fi world where, I don't know, I think I had the ability to give my husband these powers um, and kind of make him into a, a different human being, whomever he wanted to be. Um, but he he wouldn't listen. <laughs> he just was fighting me every step of the way. So I ended up killing him, as you do. Um, but uh, it was just really funny, and uh, we got to be complete opposites of what we normally are in real life, which uh, which is always really fun. But uh, yeah, I just remember having a lot of fun recording it, um, and uh, it was it was a really fun time. So for a lot of the um, audio dramas that we do here at Pendant. You know, people who are cast are cast all over the country, all over the United States, all over um, Europe and Asia. And we're, we don't get together and do our lines together. Exactly. Um, we were like the outliers. <laughs> right. So did you guys do your lines together, you know, living in the same house and all? We did. Actually, when, when Bryant and I were cast, I I remember specifically reaching out to Jeffrey and saying, hey, I know that this is the way that you've recorded in the past, you know, as you had mentioned, where since you, you don't have the benefit of working with actors in the same town or even in the same room, mm -hmm. um, would it be permissible for us to record together? Only because this, um, the dialogue in this specific short was in a way that it was like banter. And I felt like Bryant's and I could do a really fun job with it or have fun with it and really riff off one another if we were recording it at the same time and working with our intonations and bouncing off of one another. Yeah. Um, and luckily, Jeffrey was totally on board for it and um, encouraged us to do it. So we hit the ground running and recorded together, which was a lot of fun. And uh, and we, But we were very, very glad that, that they were willing to, to take that chance with this. And, and we had fun with it. Well, it definitely worked out for you with the, with the Pendy. <laughs> did, um, did you guys do any ad-libbing? Um, you know, I think, I think we, we recorded a number of takes and usually when we start out, we, we do want to remain faithful to the script, mm -hmm. um, because of course we have that reverence for the, the writer, um, we want to respect their work and of course for the editor, we want to make sure that they are able to stick with the script that they're given as they're editing. Um, but uh, I, if I remember correctly, I think we did not, not to a great extent, but I think maybe a word or a phrase here or there that we would add as we were riffing with one another uh, and just working off of each other's emotions or um, the directions that we were taking the actions. So I want to say, yes, we probably um, improv a tiny bit, but not, not to a great extent. Okay, cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So then um, after seminar, mm -hmm. we went on and we went and started this whole idea of doing a premiere show called Phantom Canyon. Yes. And you auditioned for that, and you have the role of Clara. Yes. Tell us about Clara. Sure. So Clara... Without, um, and I got to interject, without yes. um, 
attracting the spoiler ninjas. You got it. Okay. As we say. <laughs> so here's the, the spoiler-free description of Clara. Um, so Clara is about, I would say roughly about 16 years old, 15, 16. Um, she lives with her mother. And uh, this is, uh, for those that may not be familiar with Phantom Canyon, it's a sort of a horror thriller audio drama that takes place in the Old West. So um, she lives with her mom, who's a very headstrong woman. And Clara herself, as she's coming of age, uh, is very much modeled after her mother, and she she is quite headstrong and learning to be independent and fighting tooth and nail to be independent. Um, all the while, Clara is actually not sighted. Um, so she uh, sometimes, uh, from others, especially her mother, uh, they can be very overprotective of her for that reason. But I think because of that, or in spite of that, Clara tries even more to be uh, her own person and, and her own individual and to do things on her own. How did you approach playing a blind character, especially um, this being audio drama? Sure. Um, I think it was really just a matter of perspective, of of taking into consideration what, um, not only what it must be like to be non-sighted, but also at that time period, how difficult it must have been um, not having all of the advances that we have right now in technology and, and just in general. Um, but uh, I really, honestly, most of the character came from starting with the relationship that she had with her mother. And I really built on that from what was written by uh, Jeffrey and Susan Bridges and Jeffrey Thorne. They did an amazing job in building the relationship of Clara and her mother in the script. So I, I started there and kind of built out and uh, just once defining that relationship and defining what they meant to one another, that really defined Clara overall. Mm -hmm. And going back to the 1800s. Yes. There's a lot of, and it being the Old West, there's a lot of inflection, a lot of um, different language than than we use today. Yes. Um, OMG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> so how did you approach um, the time period? Sure. Um, well, again, going back to the script, it was really helpful that the writers had included uh, much of the slang within the dialogue of the characters. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes even if it, if it was not present, um, based on being able to run through the dialogue and run through the lines as I rehearsed, some of it just came more naturally as I got more comfortable with the character. But uh, also I think it helped adding a bit of a southern twang uh, to the dialect of the character. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it sounded a, a little more natural saying some of the slang rather than being very articulate and, you know, um, Midwest, you know, non-dialectical thing. So I just tried to, by, by giving Clara a bit of twang to her voice, it, it enabled the slang to come more naturally. So I opened up by saying that you were from Pittsburgh. I am. You met Jeffrey and Susan in California. Correct. How much mid, well, not Midwest, but um, West um, exposure do you have? Um, I, well, Pittsburgh, for those who are familiar with Pittsburgh, there is a very distinct dialect unto the city itself, and that's called... 
Um, <laughs> Pittsburghese. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite a, a language of itself. Um, it's like a mixture be between the South and Cockney, and uh, it's just the strangest thing. I can't even do it justice. Uh, my brother is a, a voice and speech guru, and he would he does it phenomenally. I wish that he were here to do it for you, but uh, but I did feel like uh, I called on a little bit of that. It's I tried to go a little more southern with it rather than doing like an Appalachian West Virginian kind of uh, mm -hmm. slang uh, twang to it so I kind of went more Texas uh, but not too heavy I didn't want it to be you know she's coming off the ranch sort of thing um, because she does her and you can again going back to the script her mother is trying to very much instill in her a sense of uh, respect of, of self and of others and being a lady and being proper so um I think there's a fight in her to sometimes want to call on that twang more than more than she should. Uh, but her mother always reminds her to to pull back and to be a lady. So I, I think that while there is a bit of the twang present, I didn't want it to be too heavy. So you've done some other stuff, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little while. Sure. Um, one thing that was different about Phantom Canyon uh, for its release compared to other pendant shows is that Phantom Canyon was done in, in its entirety and then it was released as opposed to um, most of our shows which have monthly releases. Yes. So you do some and you hear it and you do some and you hear it and you're, you hear the, uh, the evolution of your character over time. Right. So this was an all at once kind of thing. Was that um, something you had to adjust to to, um, to learn your character um, you know, I would, I'll say I think it was daunting in the sense that I had to just put my whole um, trust and faith into uh, the writers and the directors and editors um, to make sure that all of my lines were matching up with the dialogue of the other actors. And, and of course, I did have that, that full trust. They, they do amazing work. Um, and I, I was sure that if, if something wasn't matching up or if it sounded like I you know, was not close enough to them with my dialogue if I was speaking too loudly versus if it's an intimate scene and they needed to be quieter, um, that they would, of course, ask me to uh, re-record a line. So um, I, that didn't make me any less nervous to hear what it sounded like altogether. But, <laughs> but um, I felt like it was just my responsibility um, without having the ability to hear, as you mentioned, month to month, the, the episodes come out. It was really just um, on my shoulders to make sure that the character did have an arc, uh, was following the script, and uh, kind of was building her own character as I continued throughout the scripts. Mm -hmm. Any particular non-spoilery piece of Phantom Canyon that you're particularly proud of? Um... There is a, and I will be as non-spoilery as possible, <laughs> there is a, uh, in the final episode, uh, there is a, a bit of a monologue um, that Clara delivers uh, that's intended for her mother um, mm -hmm. that I, I was really proud of. I just felt like by that, um, having reached the sixth episode, I, I really felt like I had a good handle on the character, and it's a very intimate uh monologue and I felt like it just I felt like I was able to embody the character at that point in time and call upon the emotions that were required and just 
um, just really tried to do my best, and hopefully that comes across to the audience. Okay, cool, very cool. And if you haven't heard Phantom Canyon yet, my God, go get it. (laughs) And don't skip to the end to hear this awesome scene. Listen to the whole thing. It's like two and a half hours of awesomeness. Exactly, I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) So we have you in Seminar. Yes. We have you in Phantom Canyon. Yes. Are we going to have you in anything else? Well... I will say this. I always welcome the chance to work with the lovely Bridges and Jeffrey Thorne and everyone else in the the Pendant universe. Um, There may be some things in the works that I am not at liberty to share just yet, but I can say that um, the discussions that have been had are very exciting. I, once again, am very humbled and excited to be working with these people and uh, hopefully in the months and years to come, we will be able to share more information. Very cool. Yes. Um, how about non-secrety kind of things like our existing shows? Like, do you have any interest in Shakespeare? I, you know what? I am terrible with Shakespeare. I hate to. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> I am so jealous of the actors that have the the range and ability to do Shakespeare. It's It's awe-inspiring to me when people are able to do that. But yeah, I, I, I think it's necessary for me to acknowledge my inability to do Shakespeare <laughs> for the benefit of audiences everywhere. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I would love to. I would, I would be honored. It would certainly be a challenge um, to take on a Shakespearean role. But honestly, anything that Jeffrey and Susan asked me to do, I would do it. Uh, they would ask me to jump, and I'd say, how high? <laughs> Very cool. So outside of Pendant, you have a site of your own. I do. Uh, Go ahead. Called Fanby Comics. Yes. You want to talk about that a little bit? I would love to. Uh, So Fanboy Comics is an online conglomerate of geek media. We do, well, we have a news side and we have a publishing side. On the news side, we do a lot of advanced reviews of Everything in the geek genre, ranging from movies and TV to theater, video games, lots of comic books. Pretty much, if you're a fan of it, we cover it. And uh, we also do a lot of red carpet interviews, convention interviews. We have five podcasts going right now. Um, So we do a lot. And and our biggest, uh, most important thing that we do is promote other creators. We love creators of all kinds, no matter the medium they work in. So if we can promote your work. We are happy to do it. And I always encourage people to email me or Facebook me or tweet me, and I will be happy to help. And then on the, the publishing side of things, we have four books out right now. Uh, if you're into vampires, we have Something Animal. There are no sparkly vampires in this. These are the old school scary vampires. Uh, we have Identity Thief, which is very much in the vein of Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. We have The Arcs, which is a, a gritty war drama between angels and demons. And uh, just released last week, we have Penguins vs. Possums Volume 1, which is every bit as hysterical and epic as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> penguins versus possums it's awesome seriously it's absolutely amazing <laughs> all right well that's definitely something to check out wow Pe- penguins versus possums right? i'm just trying to wrap my brain around it's a- that amazing <laughs> I keep having phineas and ferb flashbacks but yeah 
Oh wait, no, he's a platypus. Never mind. Yeah. Um. All right. Very cool. And you also have this other little project. We do. It, uh, it is called the Katniss Chronicles, and uh, it's something we've been working on for the past uh, three years. Uh, the Katniss Chronicles is an unofficial audio drama based on Suzanne Collins' Hunger Games book. Mm-hmm. We are huge fans of the books, huge, huge fans. And uh, we love them so much that we decided that we wanted to make sure that people were hearing this amazing story of Katniss Everdeen uh, that Suzanne Collins wrote by bringing it to an audio drama medium. And so we do everything for free. Everything is uh, free for download on iTunes and on our website. Uh, But what we do is we adapt the stories uh, into about half-hour episodes. Uh, And we have three different parts. Parts one and two uh, correspond with The Hunger Games and Catching Fire. Um, Each of those have already been released, so you can hear all of the episodes on iTunes in the website and then part three which corresponds with Mockingjay will be coming out on June 24th and uh, you can actually hear uh, a trailer for part three that was recently released by bleedingcool.com and uh, basically we we take the story which for those who have read the books know uh, it's all in Katniss's first person perspective so rather than doing something that's just an audiobook where you know, a person is, is just reading verbatim uh, the book aloud. We've actually adapted it so that there are a multitude of characters, sound effects. It's like the old radio shows of the 30s and 40s, much like Pendant does with their audio dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's an entire score that's done by the very talented Sam Cushion. Um, so they're action-packed, uh, uh, very heartfelt episodes um, and and they're really really exciting and and those who are interested can search on iTunes for the Katniss Chronicles or you can visit us online at thekatnesschronicles.com. Very very cool. Yeah. Do you have any other projects and such that you've got in the works? Um. Yes. Uh, recently, I recorded uh, a few voices for an upcoming release of Dungeons and uh, Dragons. And it's called uh, Never Never Night. Or no. Oh, goodness. I'll have to go. <laughs> we may have to edit that part. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten what it's called. I will have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> it, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm the worst promotional person in the world. <laughs> but uh, other than that, new projects. No, um, right now... We're just really excited about uh, the Katniss Chronicles Part 3 coming out on June 24th. Um, Fanboy Comics has another book coming out in September, and that is called Fear Worms Selected Poems, and it's a collection of horror and sci-fi themed poems and illustrations, and uh, cover artwork is being done by the amazing Bill Sienkiewicz, so we're really, really excited about that. Cool. Does the uh, Part 3 for... uh... Katniss Chronicles correspond with the movie release? I don't know. I don't know when that is, actually. What we've done, the movie releases in late November, and actually what we've done for all, um, for the two previous parts is we start releasing them at a time so that we release one every Tuesday of every week leading up to the movie. So it's like something that you can be doing while you're waiting for the movie to uh, release. So, so yeah, but Everything will come out before the movie comes out. Very cool. Yeah. Now, do you plan on 
doing anything with uh, Katniss Chronicles post book. Post book. Yeah, like after the oh, um, ends and continuing. No, um, we really do try to remain faithful to the source material. So um, even though we've added a few characters um, simply for uh, taking the audio drama out of the first-person perspective, um, we really try not to stray too far from the story itself. So once we make it through all of part three and, and therefore all of Mockingjay, that will be... That will be the end for the Countess Chronicles. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time to do our, our little interviews. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to hearing you in more pendant stuff. Absolutely. And Fingers crossed. <laughs> we will get you back in here in the hot seat one more time in the future to talk about all the other stuff that you were doing with Pendant. Excellent. I look forward to that. Awesome. Can people find you online uh, on social media? Yes, absolutely. I am on Facebook uh, as Barbara Dillon. Mm -hmm. And um, Barbara is spelled a little bit differently in case you have trouble find me, finding me. It's Barbara with two A's, so it's B-A-R-B-R-A. -R -R -A. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I am at Barbara J. Dillon. And again, it's just B-A-R-B-R-A-J Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N. Cool. And folks can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA and on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot five zero three six. Once again, Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you again, Jordan. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And we will send this back on to Jeffrey and Susan. Hi, Jeffrey and Susan. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, June 25th, episode 57 of Seminar. 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 Oh, Seminar. Boy, that sounded really dirty when I said it like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next time on Seminar. This is unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. After eight rounds, both contenders are still trading blows with each other. Brick, is that you? It's me, Jane. I don't want to bring this up, but what about your paycheck? There's one way. Okay, what's that? Underground. Yo, yo, welcome to the underground, people! The only way. And then. So, we just need a... War piece with a host. I guess I've come to accept our situation. This is exciting. We're on an alien planet. What's going on here? Where am I? Moon. This is definitely a moon. Uh-huh. Uh, so you've been spending the past two months building some kind of alien device? A matter transporter. So, uh, now that you know the sordid details, you want to help us finish putting this thing together so we can go home? Why not? And in the classroom. Mod 97, class is about to start. Hold on, I'm almost done with this paper. Why didn't you get that done last night? It's due in 10 minutes. Seven? You didn't turn in an assignment? Yeah, I didn't have time. Find out what happens when Seminar Episode 57 comes out on June 25th, 2014. Only at PendantAudio.com. What are you doing? It's a hug. La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! <laughs>
Welcome to the end of the show. Welcome to the end of the show. Welcome to the end of the show. See, opening number Welcome. and closing number. Welcome to the end of the show. What we, can I say? We accept checks, cash, and money order. No, just cash. None of that other stuff. Starbucks gift cards? Mm, okay. Okay. Be sure to stop by the website. AppendantAudio.com the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. The Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendant audio. The Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendant web. And the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Is it actually two weeks or is it three? Crap, I don't know. You think I should check these things before? You said before? two. You said two. I said two, but is it two? June 25th. Twenty nine. Oh, that's right. This is confusing. It's twenty nine. No, it's the 29th. Yeah. But we don't have a show that week. Right. So it, we but probably the, wouldn't do one. We're doing that on twenty fifth. So then we do one on the sixth before there, and then we do uh-huh. that. So no, it's three weeks. No. Yeah. See you three. Three weeks. <sighs> Sorry. We'll see you in some number of weeks. At some point. A few or. A couple. We'll be back. Eventually. Um, but he he wouldn't listen. <laughs> he just was fighting me every step of the way. So I ended up killing him, as you do. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm gonna bite you, you know. <laughs>